Hey, everybody, it's Doug. And this is Renee. And welcome to our podcast, Doug and Renee, Married Married Life. Life. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to Doug and Renee, Married Married Life. Life. (laughs) (laughs) So we are continuing our discussion on... Roles and responsibilities. Yes, with the focus on responsibilities. Yes, because as husbands and wives, we have many responsibilities. Yes. And we're going to discuss them today. So we ask that you sit tight, sit tight. hold on tight, grab a pen, grab, grab a, pen. a paper, grab the paper. Uh, hit the pause button, get your Bible. We're going to give you some scripture reference mm-hmm. And we're going to start our discussion. On roles and responsibilities. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, what we're going to do is kind of pick up from previous episodes uh, where we talked about sex, where we discussed sex. Ooh, let's talk about sex, baby. And I... <laughs> <laughs> And I know when we first started this podcast, we we talked about um, communication and we could hear out in the Internet land people saying, well, we need to talk about sex. And mm. we talked about, you know, communication and um, sh- uh, what's the other topics we had? Um, yeah, yeah. Differences, celebrating your differences, celebrate your differences and intimacy. And those intimacy, are the three yes. topics we had. Um, previously, and we had never talked about sex. And people were like, well, why don't you talk about sex? So we talked about sex the last couple of episodes. Yes, we, we, we threw some little nuggets out some there. Some little nuggets <laughs> in there. And we just want to go back and discuss it a little bit more um, because it is our responsibility as husband and wives to have sex with our mate, our spouse, um, there, there, obviously, there are going to be times where you cannot, whether it's medical or something along those lines, where you cannot have sex. But again, it comes back to communication. You know, if you're unable to for whatever reason, then you want to discuss that with your partner, with your spouse, excuse me, not your partner, with your spouse. Yes. And definitely have that conversation, maybe even bring a doctor in to that conversation. And so the doctor can explain to the spouse what's going on if you're unable to. Because yes. there, there are reasons, there are medical, legitimate medical reasons that a spouse cannot have sex. Yes. And uh, we don't want to take it for granted or lightly. And I think that's something that needed to be said. But for those marriages where you have two healthy uh, partners, I can come back to you have two healthy people, a man and a woman. Yes, two um, very capable. Capable. A man and a woman, yes. a husband and a wife. I would like to direct you to 1 Corinthians 7, uh, verses 3 through 4. And this is the ESV version, English Standard Version. Yes. It says, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights. I like that word, conjugal. It makes it seem like you're in jail. <laughs> Spice it up. <laughs> and likewise, the wife to her husband, for the wife does not have does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Mm. So this is in the Bible, and it's the New Testament. Yes, it's in the word, y'all. It's in the word. So you gotta 
uh, as Marvin Gaye would say, you got to give it up. <laughs> Let's get it on. <laughs> <laughs> so um, switch it up um, when it comes to sex. Switch it up different times, different places, different ways. Um, since we've all been home for five months or however long it's been, wherever you are in this part of the world, um, try to be creative. If you're not sure what to do, you know, ask your spouse and always pray, pray to God for ideas. You know, what can I do? How can I be creative? You know, just do little things and just bring the romance back or the spice back. Because sometimes it's not what you do is how you do it. Yes. And, yes. you know, you could, you know, the kids could be now. I This is an adult podcast. The kids can be in the other room. Like, oh, you just got to be quiet. Don't make no noise. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make no noise. And they have a a great time uh, with your spouse. Enjoy your spouse. Enjoy each other. Yes, Yes, I was going to say that. And I want to help the fellas out for a second because I know, um, and it may be the case for men sometimes too, but I know women... We, we might be tired, wear a lot of hats, you know, you cooked all day, you cleaned, you worked. And at the end of the day, you got to switch from mom hat, uh, uh, boss hat, chef hat, mm-hmm. whatever hat you wore all day. And now you got to switch into wife hat. You got to switch into sexy mama hat. Ooh, and sometimes mama. you have to, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you have to prepare yourself mentally to do that. You have to say, okay, now I need to spend quality time with my husband. I need to make love to my husband. I need to have sex with my husband. And that means, you know, wash your face, you know, put your little nice nighty on or whatever. Don't put that. Mm. Big gown mm. on and the scarf. <laughs> that and onesie. The, come to bed in the onesie. In the night cream. Because <laughs> you just sent a message that said, I'm shutting it down. Oh, so, Jesus. no, you want to mentally prepare yourself. Sometimes we have to tell ourselves that we're getting ready to switch that hat, clean ourselves mm-hmm. up, put something sexy on, put some music on, whatever you got to do yeah. to... Give that yeah. conjugal visit, that conjugal do visit. Be- benevolence <laughs> unto your husband. Oh my goodness, the conjugal visit that just makes that just makes it sound interesting. Conjugal visit, yes. Then you go back. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> so one of the things we want to do is go back to the um, the first marriage, Adam and Eve. And you mind if we start at verse twenty five? And, uh, he's switching it up on me. Yeah, he just, just switch it up because because we, we're talking about sex in verse twenty five, Genesis two and twenty four. Okay, G- two and twenty five. Excuse two me. and twenty five. Two and twenty five. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed or embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed to be naked in front of your spouse, physically or otherwise. So a lot of times we start to feel a little uncomfortable in our own skin mm-hmm. and we don't totally expose ourselves in front of our spouse. And that could be physically, but that can also be emotionally. It could be something going on in our lives where we don't allow, and we talked about this during intimacy, but we don't allow that ourselves to be transparent, exposed, 
or, or intimate, if you will, with our spouse, and we are covering ourselves up either physically or sometimes emotionally. So in a lot, in order for sex to be good, mm-hmm. um, for you to Enjoyable. really enjoy yourselves mm-hmm. and enjoy your Pleasurable. spouse, yes, you have to be naked and not ashamed. And again, in Genesis 2 and 25, it says the man and his wife were both naked and they were not ashamed. They hadn't sinned yet. So there was no shame in being naked or being exposed in front of one another. They were comfortable in their own skin. skin. Mm-hmm. And so when, you, when you're talking or when hopefully you and your spouse are going to have this uh, discussion, conversation um, regarding sex, if that's an issue. For the spouse who brings it up, you know, pray about it. And for the spouse who's on the receiving end of the this discussion, of this discussion, excuse me, uh, try not to become defensive about it. Um, well, where'd you, what are you doing? Who, what are you watching? And who are you talking to? And so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't, hopefully God willing, you don't take it that way. And if I'm in, it just just say for Renee and I, if I'm bringing up the the issue of sex, what's my motive? You know, is, am I trying to um, get Renee to do something that I saw on TV or a mm. past sexual relationship or something along those lines? What what's your motive behind you know bringing this subject up or trying to introduce new things, new ways? And if it's from you're trying to bring up a past sexual relationship. That's just not a, a good move on your part. Right. And, and this is one of the reasons why the Bible speaks about sex outside of marriage, about not having sex outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. Because then when you get married, you want your spouse to try to recreate something you were doing with someone else. And it's not fair to your spouse. Absolutely. Or something you saw on TV or something you was watching that you probably should not have been watching. And now you're asking your spouse to to be that person that you saw on TV or on the on a movie and that's not um, fair to your spouse. So um, we just wanted to uh, put a plug in for sex and, you know, sex is a great thing. The Bible, God told us we could do it and we should be doing it as much as you can handle it, as much as you can give it to each other and enjoy each other. Yes. And sometimes it might be a two minute drill. <laughs> and sometimes it may be conjugal visit. Um, uh, a 30 minute journey, yep. whatever you have to do. Um, make sure that you communicate to one another mm-hmm. what you like, what you don't like, what you would appreciate um, them to do. Uh, I'm going to help the women out for a second. Men, women like foreplay which happens way before they get in the bedroom. Yes. And that means sending, bringing them flowers. Here we go about the flowers, the flowers again. And come, back to you. <laughs> come home and bring flowers. them flowers. Send them a text during the day that says, yeah. I love you. Oh, you look so good in that outfit. Mm-hmm. Or oh, dinner was delicious. Thank you for cooking for me. Um, anything that would make them feel appreciated and loved. Because, again, for women, sex is more than just physical, where our emotions are attached in that thing. And if you 
for lack of a better terms, if you piss them off before you get to the bedroom, <laughs> chances are it's going to be hard for them yeah. to switch into that other hat. Yeah, so I'm just want to help help the, help you out, fellas, for a second and help the women out just to let you know we like foreplay mm-hmm. to happen way before, way before sex is even um, thought about. Yeah. And that's something I had to learn. Um, not just, you know, not just thinking, oh, I want want to have sex with Renee late on in that evening, that evening. It was just little things I would do during, during the day. I didn't realize, you know, was foreplay. And I was just like, oh, little things I did not do. And I, then we come to bed or come into the bedroom and I was expecting her. And she was like, nah, bro. So. It's all- <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's all good. Um, so we just wanted to, again, talk to you about sex, and um, we pray that something we said was helpful. And um, now we're going to go back. We're still in the first marriage, um, Adam and Eve, and Genesis 2 and 24 in the Amplified Version. And it says, uh, for, this, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So I want to talk to to the husbands for a few minutes uh, about this um, this particular verse. So the husband, uh, gentlemen, we have the responsibility to sow the seed of leaving the familiar to start something new with our wives. So we, God has commanded us to leave our father and mother, not, not you know, don't ever speak to them again, but leave the familiar because you are starting out your journey and your wife um, had, she should be the priority at this point of your, of your family, of your, what's where I'm looking for. She should, she, she, she should, should be, be your priority. Mm-hmm. And so um, it should be God, your wife, children, etc. And so when husbands, when we sow the seed of leaving the familiar to start, uh, our new chapter in our lives, then it's our wife's responsibility to sow into our husbands. Again, seed time and harvest, and this is where the help meet comes in. We're starting out, we're doing something new, and and then the wife comes behind and she's like, okay, this is what we're doing and I'm going to help you. And we say this all the time um, when we um, do premarital classes that we did things, even though we weren't saved when we got married, um, we still followed biblical principles. Yes, and we didn't know it. Us. Yeah, we didn't yeah. know it. <laughs> we didn't know it was in the Bible. Excuse me. You know, we left New York, stretched out. God said, you know, went the Navy. I went the Navy, and then from there we moved. And so we left the familiar. And then it was just, at the time, it was the three of us, our oldest son, you know, Renee, myself, and our oldest son, and we just, you know, figured out how to make it. And so your priority, husbands, should be God first, and then your wife, and then your children, everything else. Because God is a God of order. And so it's important that we keep that priority straight and uh, our priority straight and try not to get them out of whack because once you start putting things in places or in different order than it should be, then you'll um, you'll set your house up for disorder, for lack of a better phrase. Yes. Excuse me. So 
in Galatians 6 and 7 in the um, NIV version. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And so if you sow the seed of, you know, leaving and cleaving, leaving and cleaving for this cause, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother. If you sow that seed, then ultimately your wife will um, produce the harvest of coming and sowing the seed into you and helping you bring about the vision that you have for your family. I hope that makes sense. Um, so uh, that's one of the responsibilities. And it's, you know, it's a big one of leaving the familiar and leaving, you know, your, your fraternity brothers. They're not your priority. Um, your job should not be your priority. All these other things, these other little um, sports, no matter where you are in the world, it seems like everybody's trying to get sports back for whatever reason. But sports should not be your priority. It should be God first and then your then your wife. Excuse me. Yes. And then if you have kids, the children. Mm-hmm. And another responsibility that you have is covering each other. Yes. And this is a, a interesting subject. And if you just give us a couple of minutes, we'll we'll try to um, explain what we what we're talking about. Not not physically cover each other, um, but mentally and spiritually. Mm-hmm. So in Genesis three, eight and nine in the Message Bible, again that's how we told you before we started. Get your pen, pencil, and pad because a lot of scriptures. Um, when they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze, the man and his wife hid in the tree of the garden and hid from God. The man and his wife hid in the trees of the garden. Okay. So God called to the man, where are you? And so. As if he didn't know. As if he didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> so they hid from, they hid from, hid from the Lord. And this is, you can cover each other the right way or the wrong way. And so when God called Adam, he was like, where are you? One of the questions I've, I've when we were doing this, um, our notes, one of the questions that I thought of was like, what would have happened if Adam and Eve would have went to God and said, we messed up? Um, would things have turned out differently instead of God having to come to them if they would have went to God and said, hey, we messed up. Lord, we messed up. You know, we fall on your mercy and grace and so on and so forth. But God called to Adam and and this is a responsibility. We'll get further down into it. But they they covered they tried to cover each other. Adam blamed Eve. Eve, you know, said the serpent deceived me. But there was no covering the right way. If they would have covered each other the right way, then there may not have been deception in the garden to begin with. This is just a thought. Just a thought. So and. Going, going along in Genesis um, 20 and 2, in the Amplified Version, um, Abraham and Sarah, they said they were brother and sister instead of saying they were husband and wife. And so uh, the king, you know, was like, well, again, this is talking about covering each other, not in the right way. Instead of them believing God that he was going to take care of them, you know, they was like, they came up with this lie. Hey, you say you my sister, I'll say you're my brother and, you know, so on and so forth. And then the, the king, you know, tried to take Sarah as his concubine, I don't know, tried to take her and, you know, have sex with her. And then God appeared to the king in a dream and said, leave that woman alone. 
her husband's a prophet, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things I, I found out interesting in, when we were studying this is that Sarah was around 90 years old. This is just me. She was around 90 years old when all this happened. And the king was trying to take her, you know, to to have sex with her. And I'm so the way my mind thinks is how good of a woman did Sarah look at 90 <laughs> for the king to be like, oh, I want to have sex with you. I ain't seen a 90 year old. Anyway. OK, so uh, <laughs> that's just me. Um, and then in the New Testament, um, in Acts 5 and uh, the Message Bible. Ananias and Sapphira, 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 um, they, you know, sold their possessions, Acts 5, 1 and 2, and then they came to church and they lied about it. And again, they were just, they were just covering each other in the wrong way. And these are just examples of you should be covering, we should be covering each other in the right way so that no hurt, harm or danger shall come over Renee or over me, we pray for each other. We, we look at each other and say, you know, in social settings, be like this person or that person may not have the, your best interest in hand. And so these are things that we do as husband and wife. And so one of the things the Lord told me a long time ago, early on in our marriage, um, that God told me about Renee he said that I'm her covering, and if I leave her and something happens to her, I'm going to hold you responsible. And that struck me, um, and I, I never forgot it to this day. And so um, I try to cover her to the best of my ability. I'm probably overly protective of her, and she'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. I sure will. Yeah, he because. is. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, so to sum this all up in when it comes to covering, and again, some of this is when it, I don't want to say it's, it's common sense, but they're like some things or some conversations or whatever is Renee tells me, I'm not going to go tell anyone else and vice versa. And this is how you cover your spouse. If you just want a practical way of how you cover your spouse, you don't expose them. You don't, you know, go gossip behind their back to your girlfriends or to your to your to your boys or to your friends or whoever you know this person did this and then sometimes when you're watching tv um tv will give you a warped perception of that because a husband and wife may have an issue and then they'll go tell their friends or whatever and i'm not saying you don't want a counsel but you want wise counsel mm-hmm. you want someone yes, who can absolutely. definitely um pray for you and give you wise counsel and you don't want to just go run and tell somebody every time your spouse did something that you didn't agree with because mm-hmm. the thing that the thing that comes up is you and your spouse will you know hopefully make amends and forgive each other but the person who you talk to they're like I remember you when you did this when you did x y or z to your spouse right and so if we love our wives if husbands love our wives the way God commanded us to, and wives respect their husbands the way God commanded them to, then we'll cover each other. Each yes. other. That's just a natural covering. Yes. And it's, I, I want to read this scripture, First okay. Corinthians seven fourteen, for the um, going to read it in the New Living Translation. 
For the believing wife brings holiness to her marriage, and the believing husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would not be holy, but now they are holy. So again, going back to what Doug was saying, how important it is for you to cover one another in prayer. You may be married to a spouse who is not saved. They have not given their lives over to the Lord yet, but your holiness can draw them to Christ. Mm -hmm. You walking upright in front of them is setting an example so that they could be sanctified by your walk with Mm -hmm. the Lord. And then again, that trickles down to your children. So sometimes we are, again, selfishly thinking about ourselves, but there's so much more at stake. So it's important for us to walk in the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Walk walk worthy in what we're called to do. So Mm -hmm. Ephesians 4 and 16, 4, sorry, 4, 1 through 6, says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness with long suffering that word a lot of people don't want to deal with Mm -mm. that long nobody wants to suffer a long time forbearing one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace and i'm going to stop there it's important again for you to walk In the vocation, if you are called to the ministry of being a wife, if you are called to the ministry of being a husband, it is imperative, it is crucial, it is necessary for you to do all that the Lord has called you to do. You are to walk worthy of that calling, and that means covering each other, praying for each other, supporting one another in the in. You're doing it as unto the Lord, uh, because they may not, you may think they are not deserving of that. You may think, I don't feel like praying for them. The Bible tells you to pray for your enemies. Your spouse certainly isn't your enemy. So if you could pray for your enemies or should pray for your enemies, you most certainly should pray for your spouse and continue to pray for them even when they don't seem like they need it. Suffer long, forbear one another in love. And in our uh, microwave society, we want everything quick. And I can only you know, think of our marriage early on in our marriage where you were long-suffering for me and forbearing one another in love for me. And if you hadn't have um, been long-suffering, you know, with Sister Carolyn, she, you know, took you on her wing and, you know, like you need to pray for your husband and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be here right now. Absolutely. That's true. We wouldn't be so doing that goes right back now. to what you were saying with good counsel. Yeah. Uh, at that time, I was young. I wasn't thinking about it as counseling, although she did mentor me. She counseled me. She supported me and she planted seeds in me and taught me things about being a wife that I would not have ever learned um, from an ungodly person because mm-hmm. um, most people told me I wouldn't put up with that. I would leave. And so I thank God for her and I thank God for good counsel. Yeah. And I thank God for um, God just giving me grace mm-hmm. 
to do it. And not to say that I wasn't easy to live with because I'm pretty sure you suffered long dealing with me in my um, early no, on, no in my, not, in my not, you. not knowing how to be a wife. And what about me? And what about me? Got to have it my way. Got to have it my way kind of thing. So I just, I thank God for good counsel. And I thank God for us now learning to cover each other in prayer and love and support. And when you were talking about um, walk worthy in the vocation in Ephesians um, 4, 1 through 6, um, one of the responsibilities of the husband, one of the responsibilities of the husband, is to be the priest of our home. And in the Old Testament, the priest was a mediator between the children of Israel and God in the Old Testament. And you, and you talked about in Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, and in Hebrews 5, 1 through 6 in the Message Bible, I'm not going to read the entire thing, but it says to every high priest selected to represent, you know, men and women before God. And so the point I'm trying to make is if Jesus is our role model, men, this is specifically for our husbands. And he and our marriage should be the image of Christ in the church. OK, so if Jesus is the role model that we should be looking at. And how did Jesus handle things and what did Jesus do? One of the things we have to look at in Hebrews is that the high priest was selected. And so coming back to what you were saying, walk worthy in the vocation, you, this is a ministry that you have to be called into and you have to be selected into as far as marriage is concerned. And I know a lot of people don't look at it that way. They just jump into it mm-hmm. and they don't really understand the magnitude of what they're getting into it's like, oh, I want to get married. Okay. Because most people just want to have legal sex. And they don't realize <laughs> that there is so much more work yes. that goes into marriage. You're with that person. Well, I mean, granted, you're not with them 24 hours a day, but they're a part of your life 24 hours a day, whether you're at work and they call and they need you or something like that. And you're not having sex 24 hours a day. No, you're not. And if you were, if you are, you're not doing anything else. having sex that's all you're doing and so um for we have to be called into this we have to be selected into this um ministry of marriage and we can't i know people do it they just run into marriage and not really um think about or go through the premarital portion of it it's like this is what i'm getting into god's standard does not change Regardless why you get married or who you marry, God's standard does not change. And so he's going to hold each and every one of us accountable, husbands and wives, for how we handle this ministry of marriage. And also in Hebrews um, uh, 4 and 15 in the NIV, you know, it talks about we have we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. And so. I know. Me, Doug, I know I don't get this right. Again, we're talking about one of the responsibilities is the husband being the priest of the home. I didn't, I didn't get it right all the time. I still don't get it right all the time. Is with emphasizing the weaknesses that Renee have. Now, I have weaknesses too, but I emphasize, emphasize empathize with my weaknesses or for my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And not mine. Yeah, not yours. And so, mine you know. Mine are a problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have a reason for my weaknesses, but um, <laughs> I know I don't get it all the right. I know I don't get it right all the time. But again, Jesus is our model. Then we should have we should strive to be that way in our homes. Um, your husbands, we come up short all the time. And so we need forgiveness and from our wives, from our children, um, from everyone, because we make mistakes. Sometimes and, from ourselves. Yeah. We don't forgive ourselves sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And so the same empathy uh, that we give ourselves, or if we do give it to ourselves, we need to give that also to our spouse. And so <clears throat> the thing about being the priest of the home is you have to know the word in order to speak the word. Because how can you speak the word if you don't know the word? And this is, I'm not trying to say Renee and I all day, every day, all I do is speak the word, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. No, we have real conversations. We talk about life. We talk about children, grand, our grandchild, work, you know, things like that. But I have to be uh, cognizant enough to say, okay, there, you know, I try to, to get a conversation back to, the word, you know, even the God will make a way, even if it's nothing more than that. I don't know how we're going to get through it. God will make a way. We got through this before. God will make a way, you know, some something along those lines. And in Ephesians 5 and 26 in the Message Bible, and if you read it, God is clearly says the husband speaks a new wife into existence. And so I tell men this all the time, husbands, when we meet. I'm like, there's a new wife in your old wife, in your current wife, not your old wife, your current wife. But you're going to have to talk. And most men, you know, we don't want to talk. We just want to, you know, not about that. We'll talk about things we're passionate about. But we don't realize the power of life and death is in our tongue. And we need to speak our new wife out of our current wife. But if you don't know the word, then you're going to speak negative things over your wife and you're going to wonder why your wife is, you know, not being receptive to you. Your wife is just going to incubate, incubate whatever you give her. So Mm -hmm. if you speak negative things over her, then she's just going to give you back negativity. Excuse me. Yeah. I think that's good because sometimes we need to look at when we have a conversation with our spouse, Mm -hmm. we need to look at, Um, Again, we talked about this in communication, how we talk to one another, because if we're not getting the response that we think we should get, maybe we need. And this is for both sides. I'm not saying this for the men. I'm saying this for the women, too. We might have to do uh, some introspection and say, oh, maybe I could have said that differently or maybe I said the wrong thing. Um, So that's that's so important so that you don't allow the enemy to come in and stop you from mm-hmm. covering one another because he got you so distracted and now you're at odds with one another instead of covering each other like you should. Yeah. We're on the same team, as you said. Yes. Team dancer. Yes. All day, every day. So in Ephesians um, 5 and 26, just in the message Bible, it said, talks about husbands. It says his words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. Dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant and holiness. Words, speaking. Our God is a speaking God. He spoke everything into existence and we're made in his image. So husbands, I 
I implore you, speak uh, positive. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to get to the wives. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speak, you know, positive things. Of, and I know, you know, again, our marriage, Renee spoke over me. She was like, my husband's going to beat me. Well, not beat me going to church, but. You know, yeah, that you will be ready for yeah, church be before for church me, that before you, you be excited yeah. about going to church, love the Lord, yeah. and treats me with the utmost respect. I was calling those things that be not as though they were, and now they are. And now they are. Whenever we go back to church, I'll be ready. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to the physical building. Um, and for wives, again, in First Peter 3, in the Amplified Version, um, it speaks to the husband and wives. Um, wives... Um, it doesn't say you for you to speak to your husband. It says show your husband. Um, be quiet from God's perspective because we're equal in stature, but not equal in responsibility. So that means for husbands, we're to speak a new wife into existence. But in First Peter 3, um, verses 1 through 2, it talks about the wives. It says be submissive to your own husband. And then uh, subordinate, not as inferior, but out of respect for the responsibilities entrusted to husband and their accountability to God. Again, husbands and their accountability to God. And so partnering with them so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won over without discussion by the godly wives, the godly lives of the wives of the wives. When they see your modest and respective behavior. Uh, together with your devotion and appreciation, love your husband, encourage him, and enjoy him as a blessing from God. So, First Peter 3, 1 through 2, it talks about wives demonstrating. Um, and so when wives demonstrate their love to their husband, but husbands, we have to speak it. Husbands speak, wives demonstrate. And you'll get a new husband, you'll get a new wife in, the, in your current one. There's yeah, no not a not a not yeah. a new one and a different yeah, person. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that clear because somebody yeah. might be praying for yeah. um a, a new person. Yeah. Uh, so, a different person. <laughs> so we are to speak, husbands, um again, speak into our wives' lives and just bring out a new wife. And wives, the Bible shows us that by how you demonstrate your life, you can bring a new husband out of your current husband. Again, as Renee said, we don't have to go. You, I'm not telling you to go get a new um, husband or a new wife, new spouse. Because you have a new one right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right there. You don't see it and you may not believe it. But if you just speak, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So um, one of the things we always talk about is husbands love your wives. And 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8 in the NIV gives you a very detailed definition of how to love your wife. And I'm not going to read the entire thing, um, but 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. It, if you love your wife the way the Bible clearly states it, then you'll cover her. And one of the things, um, coming back to a conversation we had in previous podcasts, we talked about um, for men... The primary thing was respect. Number yes. one need of a man is respect because the Bible tells wives respect their husband. Yes. And for the women, I've said this and I've heard this, is that the number one need for, for a woman is security. 
And I was like, I've heard this so many times. I've said this so many times, but where can I find this at in the Bible? Because if that's the number one need, then it should be in the Bible. And if you love your wife, husbands, if we love our wives, the way first Corinthians says, then you're securing her. She and should feel she, sec- yeah, she, she should, should feel secure yes, in all areas. And so, um, just to go down to verse eight in the NIV, it says love never fails. So if you love her the way the Bible tells us to love our spouse, our wives, she will feel secure. And one of the things um, we talked about in our notes, we have Jacob. He worked 14 years um, to get Leah. No, Rachel. To get Rachel. Rachel. He got Leah after seven years. After seven years. Yeah. Then he worked another seven to get Rachel. So in Genesis 29, and would you work 14 years for your spouse? Ooh, I'd mm-hmm. work 14 years for you. Thank you. You already worked 33, <laughs> so what's another 14? <laughs> so we, but we, so that's a good point, yeah. though. You have to work to keep your marriage. Mm-hmm. Long, suffer, long suffering, yeah. forbearance. You have to work. Just like um, Jacob worked for 14 years Mm -hmm. to get the woman that he loved, you're going to have to work as long as God says to get that new woman, to get that new man in your spouse. Yeah. So we're going to um, end it on that note. Yes. And I, unless the Lord says something different, we'll be talking about something different next podcast. Yes. Or but, whatever the Lord has us to talk about. Yeah, That's what we'll talk about. To talk about. That's what we're talking <laughs> about. So thank you for joining us for this podcast. We love you all. We appreciate you all. And, you know, just the scriptures we talked about, just go back over them and ask God to, you know, give you revelation. We don't want to... Um, we just want to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We just want to give you what the Lord gave us. Yes. And so we love you. We thank you. And, and we I want to. And I want to end on this note mm-hmm. uh, as well. Pray for your spouse. Pray together. And when you pray um, on your own, pray for your spouse. Don't pray on them. Pray for them. Um, I admonish the women especially. Pray for your husband because he has a big responsibility. Pray for him. And as he pray, as you pray for him, God will bless you and help you as you be a helper. But we do love you guys. We do love you. God bless. God bless. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Tell your real friends and your virtual friends about us. We hope something that we said encouraged you, strengthened and blessed you. You can follow us on Instagram at Doug and Renee. Again, our Instagram page is Doug and Renee. Also, feel free to send us a DM so that you could send us any questions that you may have or topics you'd like to hear us discuss. You may just hear it on one of our upcoming podcasts. We'd like to thank our supporters. And if you'd like to support our ministry, you can cash app us at dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, that cash app is dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, thank you and God bless you. We're out.